Welcome to the Gavology Impact Series podcast in which we share the experiences and inspirations of social entrepreneurs and change makers around the world in education. I'm Vandana. We are delighted to have Ani Patton Power from Intelligent Impact with us today. Ani founded Intelligent Impact in 2017. A reformed M&A investment banker, she began her impact investing career in 2010 with Unitas Capital in Bangalore and has since worked in a variety of settings across Africa, Asia, Europe, and North America. She is currently an associate fellow at the University of Oxford Said Business School and an advisor to the Bertha Center for Social Innovation at the University of Cape Town's Graduate School of Business. In these roles, she lectures on innovative finance across both schools EMBA, MBA, Executive, MCOM, and MPhil programs, and she is currently creating a massive open online course, or MOOC with Coursera. Ani's work has been published throughout the world, including by the Oxford University Press, the Stanford Social Innovation Review, the World Economic Forum, and more. Thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us, Ani. Of course, I'm delighted to be here. Great, so to start off, to familiarize our listeners, can you describe what is impact investing? Sure. Impact investing is essentially investing capital, looking for both some sort of financial return as well as a social and environmental return. Um, and it doesn't always mean that you need a full financial return. Um, it's across the spectrum. So it's a strategy of investing that looks at both social and environmental alongside financial. And what are the differences between impact investing and philanthropic donations? So there's not really, I mean, there's a lot of differences, but they really, what I like to say is that impact investing and philanthropy sit on a spectrum of um, capital that is designated towards impact. So at one level, you might have philanthropic donors that are willing to take very high risk from a financial and a social perspective, um, and they might be willing to give their money away. In other cases, you might have philanthropic donors that look to actually recoup some of their capital, so they might be acting more um, towards the impact investing spectrum. So along that spectrum, you have another area that sits in the middle called venture philanthropy that often does things where they mix more philanthropic money with uh, more traditional mainstream impact investing. So it's it's often referred to as a big tent. So all the way from kind of 0% financial return to market rate financial return um, and different levels of um, impact and different levels of essentially social and environmental return. So while a strategy might be different for a philanthropist versus an impact investor, they might actually go into the same investment um, and operate in different ways. So a philanthropic um, investor might say, I'm willing to do a guarantee, um, which means that they would back the investment, whereas the impact investor might put the financial capital up. And they might end up then being in the same type of investment, say, providing um, funding for rural farmers in East Africa. But they might actually, the type of capital they would use might look different. And that's actually one of the strengths of impact investing in innovative finance, is that there's all these different pools of capital to pull from. Um, and that's something that we have going forward that is becoming even more important, linking these different types of investors and philanthropic advisors and philanthropic um, donors together. Yeah, that's very useful. And so what are the different types of innovative financing instruments and how do they work in the developing world? 
Sure. So innovative financing, which is my area of speciality, um, is about exactly what um, we've just talked about around that mixing of different types of capital. So my definition of innovative financing is capital that is allocated towards impacts that uses all available philanthropic and mainstream financial tools. And when those don't work, it creates new ones. So what innovative financing often does and the way that um, I work with innovative financing is actually starting from the outcome and working backwards to design financing strategies that can achieve that outcome. So that might be pulling in types of very mainstream capital next to government capital, next to financial or philanthropic donors, um, next to corporates, um, next to community um, donations and community organizers. And so there's different types of innovative financing vehicles and there's now dozens of them, probably even more than that, it's hard to keep up. But things like guarantees, which I mentioned, um, can be very, you can use very innovatively. Um, other types of innovative financing vehicles look like things like impact bonds. Um, these are often cited um, as an innovative financing vehicle. Um, there's funds that are set up with innovative financing structures where different types of capital come into these innovative financing structures. Um, and there's a whole host of different types of uh, vehicles that have been designed with the impact in mind not just the financial return. And that's why these look a little bit different and that's why these are interesting because the capital is allocated based off of the impact often um, as opposed to just based off of the financial return. And so it's an interesting place to pull in different types of funders to be able to work towards a single goal, uh, which is you know, a set of social or environmental outcomes. Hmm. And how effective is impact investing? Oh, that's a great question. I wish we knew more. Um, so one of the things that I'm very excited about, which I think we're going to talk about in a moment, is the role of technology in understanding our impact and being able to measure our impact. Um, you know, right now, even though impact investing is trying to work towards data-driven capital allocation, i.e. finding the interventions and the projects that are the most effective from an impact perspective and also sustainable, we the data we have, um, you know, is still quite piecemeal. So there's a lot of opportunities to be able to compare different impact metrics across different sectors and within sectors to be able to understand what is the most effective. What we do know is that the conversation is changing. Um, and I think that's probably the thing we can point to that's the most effective around um, impact investing from the past 10 years. So, you know, this idea of being able to invest well and do good um, you know, has it still does have lots of resistance, but the conversation has changed significantly from when I first started in this space eight years ago to now. And you know, it's different varying levels of return and understanding that there's different ways to do impact investing strategies, and there's not an obvious trade-off between financial return and social and environmental return. And in some cases, what we're seeing with things like inequality and with climate change is actually companies that are addressing social and environmental issues are actually more sustainable and actually a better investment long term. So what's interesting is, is that the capital is still being allocated and the um, 
I guess the jury is still out on the total effectiveness. We definitely have lots and lots of data about how capital has been allocated, but certainly the conversation has completely changed. And now you have every single major bank in the world has an impact investing division or an impact investing expert. We have billions of dollars of financing vehicles that have been done in impact investing. The impact investing market is growing you know, 30 or 40% a year. And so there's certainly more momentum um, and it will be up to us to continue continue to evaluate this from an effective standpoint and what is, you know, how is this capital actually behaving? Is it behaving in the ways that we thought it would and are we having the impact that we need to have? Right. So in evaluating impact, what kinds of qualitative or quantitative metrics do you look at? Or in other words, how do you measure social impact? So do we have five or six hours? Because that's how long I normally teach this. <laughs> So, you know, there's one of the things around impact investing and same thing with philanthropic investing or philanthropic donations is you, know, you choose metrics that work for the type of impact you're trying to have. Um, the IRIS um, set of definitions that is um, created by the Global Impact Investing Network, which is available online, has been really useful to give a lot of investors um, a terminology. Um, to be able to understand what to look at when they're looking at farming, what do you look at for measure when you're measuring for um, around unemployment, you know, what does a job look like? I think there's a lot of, you know, interesting pieces to being able to have the language. Um, then the next step of how do you measure and, you know, what does that actually look like really depends on the investor. It depends on the project. And because often it's very bespoke, um, that's where you often get measurements that it's very difficult to compare. So one of the things that I'm really excited about is the use of technology, particularly blockchain and artificial intelligence, to help us create global impact ledgers that will be able to measure um, via things like third-party verification, um, different impact metrics um, that will be measured globally, similarly, um, to be able to be compared and be able to be um, transparent and independently analyzed. Um, so it's, there's a, a much longer conversation we could have about impact measurements, but I think that's the, the salient piece there is that, you know, right now we're measuring in small pieces and we're often measuring um, in, not because we're not trying to be transparent, because it's difficult to be transparent. And I think the future of this industry is going to be incredibly and radically transparent um, and also be able to use technology um, to get into the places that are the most remote, um, but being able to measure impact um, in ways um, that's transferable um, and it's comparable. Right. So I know you kind of started an organization on this goal. So can you share with us a little more about the story of Intelligent Impact's founding and mission? Sure. So you know, I've I've been in this space for what is not a very long time for a career, eight years, but is a very long time, it seems like, for the space because it's only about 10 years old. Um, and so I've seen a lot of the growing up that it's done um, and been really, really privileged to be a part of it, um, you know, on my multiple continents that I've been, um, that I've been working on in the past few years. And what I've realized is that, you know, there's a lot of information asymmetry. Um, there's a lot of issues with people that are new to the space understanding where to go. Um, there's issues with you know funders not being able to have the right type of capital and be able to find um, the right type of organization 
optimization, and, and the list goes on and on. And, and the issues often are not what people think they are. Um, you know, I often start off a lot of my lectures and my uh, conference presentations talking about how there's, I present to hundreds of investors and everyone in the room tells me there's not enough deals. And then I'll be standing up in front of 300 entrepreneurs and they'll tell me there's no capital. And both of these are true. So it's the idea of double think from 1984. So you can hold both of these things are true, even though they do not work with each other. Um, and that's because the investors struggle with having the right type of capital for the right type of investor. And there's a real mismatch error. Um, and there's also a real distribution error because oftentimes the need is very small for capital and um, the ability to distribute that is, is very low. So if people need $50,000 loans and you have a $100 million fund, you know, you can't do that level of funding. So. The reason that I founded Intelligent Impact was to really start to explore what is the opportunity around artificial intelligence and blockchain um, to be able to meet some of these issues. Um, and you know, because both technologies are in their infancy, I think it's a really interesting opportunity to start to build things from the bottom up for impact as opposed to taking things built for corporates and adapting them, which is kind of how we've done traditionally the financial markets. We've tried to adapt for impact. You know, corporate and corporate structures decide to adapt for impact. And so, you know, being able to be at the ground level and actually build the platform with impact in mind seems like a incredible opportunity. So the first piece is really to I'm starting to build out um, applications and platforms, working with uh, partners um, and really figuring out who exists in the ecosystem, who's thinking about this. Um, and then next year, 2018, is really going to be pushing forward and launching um, some, hopefully some of these products um, and putting together some um, some meetings and um, hopefully not, I don't want to say conferences, but you know, some gatherings around um, around impact and um, AI and blockchain. Yeah, I think that's really exciting. And what do you think is the role of AI and machine learning in impact evaluation? Like, what does the future hold? So imagine a future whereby um, someone can put up a um, anyone. So let's say let's say um, Giveology gets together a bunch of your funders, and you say we would love to fund um, ten thousand um, girls increasing or becoming literate. Um, so you could put that up onto the global impact ledger. You are willing to fund that. You are willing to pay. $10 per girl um, that becomes literate. Um, and you can do, you're willing to do this anywhere in the world. What could happen then is you could have nonprofits um, or social enterprises that are working around literacy. They could see that um, and they could go in and they could essentially provide verification that they had worked with 3,000 girls and had had gone from illiterate to literate based off of third-party verification, i.e. either through um, through GPS and cell phones or through a um, through an intermediary that was verifying um, the, that these girls were literate through a test potentially that was that was put out um, the girls were taking through a school through an education. Essentially, there might be multiple levels of verification, but then the, the nonprofit could do is they could submit um, their um, literate, their um, verification of these um, girls 
becoming literate. And then there would be third party verifications. Other people could look at those claims and say, you've already claimed this or this doesn't make sense. That doesn't exist. And essentially that would all be transparent. And so once that was verified by multiple sources, depending on the type of verification that you would ask for, once that was verified by multiple sources, then the money would automatically be transferred over to that nonprofit. So you could set up a huge project. You could say, right, we're going to get together a thousand donors. I'm going to put $20 million into water and sanitation within this area of India. And those um, donors could come from all over the world and put money into these smart contracts that would then be able to be distributed once those contracts are paid and might even with artificial intelligence um, use good bots to go out and find organizations that are working on those projects to pull them into this funding. So suddenly, instead of having a bunch of donors going on a trip and trying to find organizations and potentially doing diligence, you might have this marketplace out there that is constantly itself seeking out and trying to match these donors with um, the organizations that are doing the work and then verifying that they're doing the work and distributing capital. And that can all potentially be done by technology technology, which reduces the cost, reduces the distribution um, efforts, and then increases the amount of effectiveness, hopefully, of um, what's being done and how capital is being allocated. Yeah, I think that's really cool, actually. So um, what are some projects your organization is working on? So we're working on a um, <laughs> working on building a supercomputer, essentially. Every time I say it, I'll because it sounds like something out of like a James Bond film. Uh, but um, she, her name, she's a she, um, I'm named her Athena, uh, which is the goddess of wisdom. And um, so the idea is essentially to equip her to be able to do some of this work and then potentially in, in conjunction with um, a few other organizations that are, are building underlying platforms for blockchain. And I, I can't say too much about her now because um, she's, uh, she's a little under wraps, uh, but uh, she's pretty much an impact toddler right now. So she has, um, she's, she's, read, she's read about 80,000 pages of impact reports and interacted with people a bit, but um, she's um, certainly not, she's certainly not very capable yet. So it unfortunately takes a while to um, be able to build the underlying infrastructure and, and figure out how to get good data to her. But um, we're working on it. And there's a few, um, a few great um, partnerships that I'm building next year um, that are going to be really pivotal to being able to um, take her forward. That's exciting. So what are some kind of obstacles you're facing in evaluating impact? Everything. So, you know, working with um, within very difficult areas, I, I, I sit, um, I live in Cape Town um, and work in South Africa and um, other parts of Africa as well as other parts of the world. And, you know, many, many um, forms of data are paper based. So we have done some work with the government here in setting up an impact bond for early childhood development. And, um, you know, there's there were times that we you know, it asked about data and we're, you know, taken into a room that was just full of boxes um, with paper-based surveys. And, you know, that's, that can be very difficult, A, to verify, and B, just to be able to understand and comprehend and, and to figure out where it came from. And, I mean, there's just so many pieces there. Um, and then the other thing around, you know, evaluating impact is there's, 
there's a lot of preference that goes into it. So I might be really passionate about female education and someone else might be really passionate about the environment. Um, and in most cases, those should go hand in hand, but there might be times in which you know, a human might have an impact on the environment that um, would be a positive impact for the human, but a negative impact for, um, for the environmental considerations. And so, you know, it, it can be difficult to be able to compare across sectors. Um, and it's also just, it's, it's difficult to understand where information comes from and what it means. So, you know, what's going to be interesting about potentially using technology to be able to at least get the data around impact is to allow individuals then to you know make preferences based off of those of those data around how they allocate um, by their finances and their capital. So there's there's going to be a lot of issues. One of the things we're facing specifically in this area of using the technology um, to be able to create you know these global impact ledgers is that there's probably going to be quite a few competing organizations that are going to try and do it. And that's fine and that's great. Competition is amazing. Um, but I think one of the things I'm definitely going to continue to try and do is pull together these um, different organizations and individuals that are working on it to try and make sure that we're working, you know, kind of hopefully towards a similar um, a standard and goal. Um, I mean, we're working towards the same goal. Like that's a similar standard and platform because it is – you know, concerning that we might end up having 15 different platforms, like we have 15 different ways of measuring impact or 150 ways of measuring impact. So, you know, the, the real goal is hopefully that we can standardize and everyone can get together and around, you know, a specific way of speaking about it. The, the organization that's done the best job so far around um, evaluating impact and getting the whole industry together is called the Impact Management Project. And um, their reports are absolutely worth reading. They are worth their weight in gold. They've worked with almost everyone in the industry to really come to terms with how do you think about language around impact um, and cross sector. And it's, it's, it's really excellent. And so it'll be building off of um, work like that, that um, you know, this global impact ledgers will have to be um, constructed, hopefully, um, to be able to work for everyone. That's really exciting. So just lastly, what are your goals for the years to come and what can our listeners do to help? Whew, the world's going to change quite a bit in the years to come. Hey? Um, so, you know, I, my, my hope, my real hope is that, um, you know, when I started teaching impact investing um, about six years ago, um, I would spend the first part of probably several classes, you know, trying to, um, have students understand that there's the opportunities um, that um, the opportunities to be able to do well, um, to invest, <laughs> invest well and do good. And, and now when I start out, um, it's, you know, that's not the, the question. So the question is, well, how do I do it? Not, not, oh, yeah, that's, you know, it's people, a lot of students and a lot of times at conferences and presentations and, you know, that idea of being able to do this and do well and, you know, make money and, you know, allocate capital is, is understood. And I think some of that comes from millennials and some of that just comes from the data that we have now around impact. Um, and so the conversation moves on from, you know, is impact investing possible to how do I do it? 
And so what I'm really hoping is that we have a similar thing around the technology is, you know, right now we're asking a lot of questions about is it possible? Um, and then, you know, the hopefully the next piece um, that comes in the next few years is it is possible. This is what the ledger looks like. How do we make it better? So, you know, right now impact investing is the impact measurement piece of impact investing is actually something that's constraining um, the growth of impact investing. And so if instead it turns into an enabler um, and technology suddenly gives us the ability to, you know, really measure impact in a way that is standardized and very effective, then potentially then the opportunity for a lot of millennials and a lot of um, individuals I'm sure that are listening to this is to just find ways to allocate capital using that technology. So what I would say is for, for those of you that are, are listening that have gotten this far, um, I would say, you know, continue to be risky in what you're um, thinking about funding and supporting, whether it's with um, your capital or with your time or your energy or your connections, um, because the world's going to change very quickly with technology. But we have a great window um, these next few years to ensure that some of the system is built with the social and environmental impact in mind, um, not adapted because it needs to make sure it's going to mitigate risk, but really built with that in mind. So, you know, if there's the resources to be able to do that, um, then there's going to be lots of really intelligent people around the world that are going to be building platforms um, that are actually going to make sure that the technology is, is creating impact um, as opposed to just creating harm. And I think that's going to be a really important, um, a really important element to what happens in the next few years. Yeah, definitely. And thank you so much for taking the time to participate in our Impact Series podcast. We're really excited to continue following your work and the many exciting developments to come. Excellent. Thank you so much.